is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR, segment number two here on a Friday. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, breaking it all down, having some fun with you as always. We're normally goofy, but we're extra goofy as we approach the weekend. It's just uh, part of the lifestyle here on the show, cousin. It's the weekend. I mean, if you're not getting it in and relaxing a little bit on the weekend, what are you doing? Amen to that. In fact, you know what? I got to... Before we get out of here, remind me, all right? I'm going to write this down in my notes right now, actually, so I don't forget. Um, I got a little bit of a weekend conundrum Uh that happened happened to wifey and I today that I need your advice Hmm. on before we get out of here, all right? So I just wrote it down, but we'll do that at the end of the show before we get out of here. Okay. Um, And obviously, if you're out running around throughout the weekend doing whatever it is that you like to do on Saturday and Sunday, frolicking, shopping, spending time with the family. All the shenanigans. All the shenanigans. Maybe hitting a brewery or a pub or two. The best way to uh, take us with you wherever you go, of course, is to subscribe Uh to the podcast. That is Steelers Blitz. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are... On the Steelers app, the Steelers website, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. We got it, cousin. Uh, so Steelers Blitz, subscribe there. Leave us a five-star review or a one-star review. No in-between. You either love us or you hate us. That's how it's we that roll simple. here. It is that simple. And, uh, you know, from time to time, if you do leave a review, we'll go back through. We'll check. We'll read some of those. Maybe we have to. I'll have to check that uh, next week. Maybe we'll see if we've gotten any new ones since uh, last a couple months ago when we, when we read a couple off around the holidays. Um, but Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcast, that's where you stay with us on demand, at your convenience, on your schedule, wherever you get your podcast. Motsi, segment number two here, a couple free agent would I would you rathers that I wanted to uh, run by you. And I think, you know, you and I have mentioned we want to talk some franchise tag stuff here, too, ahead of the deadline, a little over a week from today, uh, March yeah. 8th. And I think some of these conversations actually intertwine in a way. Some of these guys that we would talk about intertwine in a way but let's start here first one for you free agent would you rather to get us started in this segment and you've been doing a little bit of this where you've gone on opposite sides of the ball with some of these yeah, where like what would you prioritize absolutely. in that vein arthur motes would you rather re-sign james washington or terrell hmm. edmonds Whew. now i like this question right here um Honestly, for me right now, when I think of both of these guys, right, first we start with their pros and cons. Number one, with Terrell Edmonds, you have a proven starter, a guy that started, what, every game essentially since he's been in the black and gold, um, a highly productive tackler, a guy that is always available in terms of finishing games as well, plays with great effort. Um, We know early on in his career, he struggled with what? Ball skills. We saw him improve that these past two seasons where he started to get more interceptions. Um, When I think of his negatives, though, he doesn't provide the same level of splash that people would like in in the sense of like a Mika Fitzpatrick, right? He's not a true ball hawk, middle of the field type safety. He's more of a strong safety, kind of put him in the box, put him down by the line of scrimmage a little bit more, but he has grown. Whereas with James Washington, when we speak of his pros, big speed, big size, um, combat catchability, can block we also know that he's been available for the most part as well. We, we haven't missed a ton of time due to injury. So with him, we like his pros, but his cons are what? 
just not a lot of productivity, but not necessarily as a byproduct of him, more so a byproduct of lack of usage. And just sometimes I would question even the style in terms of the schematics when he was out there, especially, you know, of lately. But when I think of both of those guys, the reason I lean Edmonds is because he is a proven commodity. He's a proven starter, but he also has a twofold impact in the sense that not only does him being back help him, him being back also helps Mika Fitzpatrick. Agreed. Because when I think of those two guys, man, they are a poor man's version and not as a disrespectful term, but think of them as a poor man's version of Troy Palomalo and yep. Ryan Clark. Yep. You can't have Troy without Ryan. And you can't have Ryan without Troy. And they kind of play similar. They, I mean, no one plays similar to Troy, but they kind of have but similar in a styles. Sense, they, they are very similar. In a sense, the way that those guys operate, the way those guys maneuver and stuff like that, and to an extent, their athletic ability, they yeah. are very similar. Whereas, you know, Ryan was more of the thumper. He, he was the tackle guy. He was a big hitter, but he was also a smart guy. I think Edmonds in a very similar capacity, yep. but both yep. of those guys are a little limited in terms of if you want them to master be in the middle of the field safety and all the coverage stuff along with it. But then you think of Troy, Hall of Fame talent, Hall of Fame instincts, the, that jump off the screen type productivity. Well, Minka has similar traits there. When we talk about Minka, we say similar things. But like we said, we they, they need each other. They kind of counterbalance yeah. each other in a sense. And that's why, for me, I lean more so towards Terrell Edmonds versus James Washington because with James – I asked myself, even if you return, and I still feel like you could compete to be the best receiver on this team because I still don't feel like he ever got the same type of opportunity that a Deontay Johnson or a Chase Claypool has received. But my problem is this. It's still more speculative because we haven't seen it for 16 or 17 plus games. And when I look at a guy like Deontay Johnson, who I already have, and I already see him taking steps, he's already improving. Obviously, he has a Pro Bowl that he secured this year. When I think of Chase Claypool and I say to myself, man, I know that this team still wants to see him develop. They still are going to want to make him a focal point in this offense. I ask myself, where does that leave James Washington? Hmm. And how is this year going to be, or excuse me, how would next year be any different than this year in terms of his usage, in terms of the opportunities? So even though I think his price tag would be drastically cheaper than a Terrell Edmonds, and even though me personally would still enjoy to see James Washington get his fair opportunity, because I think that he can catch really, I think his catching his hands are some of the best on this team. I personally do. I think that the big speed that he plays with and his body control I think that he's still one of the top guys on this team to do that. I mean, I know we got Chase Claypool, but we think about how many times we've, you know, lamented our feelings about Chase not really being a 50-50 guy in terms of those jump balls, even though we throw it to him a lot. But my issue is, once again, where is he going to get those opportunities? Who are we going to take off the field? And not just me, because I know how I would probably do it, but we know that the team hasn't reflected some of those sentiments. So with that being the case, I would just feel like if I'm bringing back a James Washington and it cost me a Terrell Edmonds potentially, then I would feel, I wouldn't feel as good about that decision because I think that in Edmonds, you have a proven commodity. You have a guy that is a starting safety in the NFL. You don't start as many games he has started for as many years as he's done it now if you are not a legitimate player. And that's kind of how when I think of Edmonds, I look at him in that capacity because yeah. You just have to understand that he's not the he's not a Mika Fitzpatrick, but 
it's okay to be Ryan Clark. Ryan right. Clark was still a pro bowler. Ryan Clark right. was still a Super Bowl champion. Ryan Clark was still a heck of a player. And you need a Ryan Clark to have a Troy Palomalu. And that's kind of how I view the admin situation. But let's say you, my friend, says I'm over here super long-winded. You know, I, this is what happens when, when hey. you come out here and take care of yourself, man. You start talking a lot. We got we got nothing but time, cousin. <laughs> uh, I I concur with everything you just said. Um in you know, in a perfect world, you'd like to have both guys back affordably. We know it's it's yeah. not always that simple. It it is a business. Um, but Terrell Edmonds, you know, for as much as a lot of not a lot, but a, a portion of the fan base, I shouldn't say a mm-hmm. lot. That's not fair. But a, a a vocal minority of the fan base, you know, likes to to crush Edmonds because oh, he was a first round pick, and he's and he's not a stud, you know. And if you're a first round pick in the NFL in, in this modern era, you're expected to be an absolute beast. Um, he does so many of the little things well for this defense that don't show up necessarily. Well, his tackle numbers show up on the on the stat yeah. sheet, and they're and they're they're pretty darn high for someone well, and, and, in the second. And I do find it funny we we forget tackles matter until you see somebody not make a tackle. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, whoa, we need tackling. And ah. What's funny too is nobody ever talks about how it's a strength of his until mm-hmm. until the one or two times a season that he takes a yep. bad angle and misses a tackle, and then everyone crushes him. Yep. And, and and again, I know he like he he fits very well with Mika Fitzpatrick. That that yeah. way you laid it out was it's it's a Batman and Robin type relationship. Every it absolutely bat, is. Every Batman needs a Robin, and and I think those two have good chemistry. I, I'm your Robin. Come on now, no you all gotta be Ro- I, I'm no, Robin, I, man. No, mm. you're Batman, and I'm the Joker. You want to know how I got Ooh. these scars? Well, that hey, would make hey, us hey, hey. that would make us enemies actually. And I, I don't, no 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 I don't no no. Know. That means you complete me. <laughs> I want to get rid of you. You complete me, baby. Come on now. You want to see a magic trick? I'm going to make this pencil disappear. Funny uh, thing, as I was flying across country, I was actually watching that movie too. I love it. I love it. So never, classic, gets, never, never gets old. So good. It is a classic. Um, I also think too, for this team in the scope of 2022, they need the yeah. defense to be really good to contend because they're going to be mm. rebuilding, restructuring, retooling a lot on offense. And so for those reasons, I would go Edmonds. But I'll give you, you know, just to do the devil's advocate thing here. Yeah. I'll give you two James Washington angles. Okay, okay? let's do it. That would make me, cons- like, again, I'm going Edmonds. But let me let me do the, you know, the devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Let's do the back and forth thing here. Absolutely, number, let's do it. Number one for me is... Would you say it's fair right now? Like, if you made me guess who's the starting quarterback for the Steelers week one... I would okay. say I would say Mason Rudolph. Is that is that fair? That's fair. No, that's fair. Yeah. Now, and a lot can change between now and then. But I but right, right now I would say Mason Rudolph. We know that you know the times that James Washington has looked best in his Steelers tenure. A has lot been of it with Mason. A yes. lot of it's been. I mean, they were college. You know, they they. That's lit his it up guy. That's his running mate. That's his man, Without a doubt, James Washington won the Bolitnikoff Award, which is the best mm-hmm. wide receiver in college football award, playing with uh, with Mason Rudolph. So the Mason Rudolph angle there would would be intriguing to me to see what those mm-hmm. two can be together and again they I mean they threw a touchdown pass to him this year in the one game that Mason started those- and then you remember a year ago versus Cleveland that was one of Mason's best performances and who was he featuring he gave James Washington some action and we talked yes. about how James really stepped up and looked really good and promising so that's angle one for me right if I'm okay. again just doing the devil's advocate thing here um, yeah. and let me ask you this real quick too if I made you place a bet right now do you remember mm-hmm. You'll always remember, like when Tiger Woods was in his 
prime. Oh lord. Okay, just, here we go. Uh, you, you, you know, I'm doing one of these. I'm about to do one of these West things here. All right, so bear with me. It'll it'll come back full circle. When Tiger uh-huh. when Tiger Woods was in his prime, and you would turn on Sports Center or whatever the Golf Channel before the yeah. Masters, before the U.S. Open, before the British Open, right? They would always have the conversation. All right, who you got this weekend? You got Tiger Woods or you got the field? Right. right. You, you remember always, that? Like, always. That, that was always. a legitimate thing because he was that good. Yes, you, absolutely. You got, you got Tiger or you got the field? Who you who you rolling with? Yeah. Steelers starting quarterback week one. You taking Mason or you taking the field? <sighs> I'm going to go Mason right now just because me too. I, I – Me too. Yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate – I understand that Kevin Colbert has obviously said that, hey, all options are on the table. And we understand that they have a real interest in Malik Willis, but they haven't shown a strong interest in outside free agents. And I don't think Malik Willis coming in week one is going to be a starter. I think he's going to take time to develop. But I get that angle. But my my rebuttal to you will be this then. Once again, when is James Washington going to get that opportunity? Right. Because who we take, you're not, they're not taking Chase off the field. No. And they've proven that they're not going to take Deontay off the field. Correct. Regardless of if these guys are productive, if they're inconsistent, whatever is going on, they are going to give those guys every we've opportunity. Seen, we've seen that play out right. already. I mean, even, think about it to the extent that last year in training camp, what was our storyline? James Washington, because he wanted to be traded, because he was upset. And then we said, hey, you can handle this in a multitude of ways. And we said, you can go the peaceful way, but that's dangerous because if they feel like, yeah, you're going to be quiet, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. And what ended up happening was them doing just that. So my that's another concern potentially yeah, when we're yeah. talking like this of, okay, if he does feel like he's going to get special opportunities or not special opportunities, but he has a rapport with Mason and he's under the assumption that, hey, if I come back, I can get you know, in good with Mason, that's going to give me opportunities and it does not work out. Well, when he becomes frustrated again and requests a trade, could it go the Melvin Ingram route this time? Right. Could it go the right. Antonio Brown route this time? Because he did it the nice way and the nice way got him what? Nothing. And not now much. we're sitting here talking and we're talking about his market once again, because remember a year ago, what did we say? We said, hey, if he comes back, and he, and he doesn't keep talking about this trade stuff and he doesn't get opportunities, he's not going to get paid anywhere. Correct. And he ended up coming back. And right now, when we're talking about James Washington, we're not talking about him about to go out here and hit a big in free agency. No, 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 no. He's probably going to sign a minimum somewhere, you know, or maybe a little bit above a minimum. And to me, that's a disservice to him because I think that he's a better player than that. But unfortunately, he hasn't had a chance to show it enough just yet. I think that's well said. Very well said. I concur. Uh, the second angle that I had yeah. to James Washington was the uncertainty around Juju and what, mm, feel, what feels yeah. like he's probably not going to be back. But I think, yeah. honestly, in a roundabout way with your answer there, you just answered that because as long as Deontay and Claypool are still there, even if Juju isn't there. No, no, no. Who did they go to last year as the third receiver? Ray Ray McLeod. Now, granted, he's an unrestricted free agent, too. But he, in theory, would be a lot cheaper to keep around than James Washington. And and if you're Rory McLeod, you want to come back to Pittsburgh because you already have a defined role. You're their slot receiver. Right. And even if they draft the guy, you know you're going to still be that fourth guy at at worst. And you know you're the main return guy. So if you're Ray Ray, it makes sense to want to come back. It makes sense to 
want to thrive in that role because you're saying to yourself, they're giving me opportunities. They're giving me opportunities over a James Washington. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. That's why if you're rate rate, man, heck yeah, you want it. You, you, you're chopping at the bit. Hey, when can I sign? Do I got to wait? Can I sign today? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you're James Washington, it's a different approach because the only way I can see James Washington realistically coming back is if they compensated him enough to say, hey, you know what? This pay says that you're featured. This pay says that you're not the afterthought of receiver that you are the third guy, or you're going to get a chance to compete to be a second guy. That's the only way that I could realistically see it working out like that. But if you're the Steelers, what's the incentive to do it? I mean, because instead of paying a James Washington, why wouldn't you just draft the rookie? It's going to be cheaper. 100%. And that's just, yeah. You probably got a longer, you, you do not probably, you've got a much longer leash there in terms of Absolutely. the potential for him to get disgruntled. Right. And like you said, a fresh start, because if you're James Washington, and you come back, whatever they tell you, you're going to know within the first three weeks if it's legitimate or not. Right. right. And if those first three weeks don't go to what you want, well, you know, the deadline's coming up for the trade in a couple weeks after that. You're not going to just sit there and be quiet anymore because you already did that this season. And that, to me, is, like I said, a reason why if you're the Steelers, from their perspective, it really wouldn't make a lot of sense either to bring them back. Whereas, you can get a rookie. You can bring a guy in the fourth, fifth round who may not be as talented as James Washington, but for his role, you'll probably get more out of him because at least that receiver is going to give you more special teams ability. Whereas James Washington, we know he didn't really give you special teams play like that. Right. Uh, I, I think that's well said. Um, I'm with you, cousin. You, 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 you. So let's let's transition this a little bit, maybe, because we, we've talked about a lot of these guys, Washington right. and Edmonds, and even Juju mentioned there as well, too. Here's another would you rather for you, but it's not mm-hmm. free agency, right? It's franchise tag would you rather Whoa, now. whoa, whoa. Hey, now. You can tell me maybe if this – all right, we, we can do a little a little uh, transparency back and forth if you think that this is a too, too wide of a net that I'm trying to cast here, all right? <laughs> Is this a fair question to add? And you can tell me if What's I need that? to re- if, if if I need to reel it in and make it like two or three guys. Okay. Of, of these four guys, mm-hmm. tag potential. Okay. Hayden, Edmonds, Washington, Juju. Mm-hmm. Would you tag? Almost... Would you tag any of those guys? I mean, this is a good conversation for me personally. Of the four, I only strongly consider two. And that's Joe Hayden and uh, Terrell Edmonds. And the reason being is this. When I think of Juju and I compare the price tag of a franchise tag for a wide receiver, to me, his productivity and his role in our offense isn't going to warrant that level of compensation. Because we've seen now the further Juju has gotten away from his time with A.B., the more his productivity has declined. Now, we understand he got injured last year, but he also came back. And even before the injury or after the injury, he didn't appear to be any different in terms of, oh, now he's a top flight guy that doesn't just play in the slot and can only win against, you know, linebackers and safeties. He's actually out there on number one, number two uh, corners. We haven't really seen that from him since AB has left. So when we're talking about franchise tags for a guy like Juju, I just personally think that you can negotiate a deal at a way better team friendly rate with way less cap ramifications that that franchise tag holds as well. Yeah, that's a big, big number for wide receivers. Right, right. To kind of match his productivity, because when I think of the franchise tag for receiver, I'm thinking of a a Devontae Adams type productivity. And unfortunately, Juju has not given us that these past couple of years. Now, we can say whatever we want to say, oh, it's because Ben and this and that. Well, unfortunately, 
that also doesn't make me feel any better about him because Ben isn't walking through that door next year. So if you're telling me it was because he didn't have his guy and now he really is not going to have his guy, to me, I just don't think that that would make a lot of sense. And for James Washington, like we talked about just in that previous clip before we even got to this part, just in the sense that his productivity hasn't warrant that type of compensation either. Now, between Joe Hayden and Terrell Edmonds, this is where it gets dicey for me because when I think of Joe, Joe makes a lot of sense if this was a year or two ago. Because a year or two ago, he was obviously a little bit younger. He was still playing at an even higher level. And we were seeing less of, you know, the slip ups. Whereas when you think about last year and even this past season, we started to see it happen a little bit more. We started to see him just it wasn't a big drop off, but we did started to see, you know, where non elite receivers were kind of having some success on him. And once again, when you're talking about the franchise tag for a cornerback. Well, now we're talking about another big, big number as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the part for me where it's like knowing that Joe is, you know, what, 33, I believe it is. It's like, man, we know that corner start, they're starting to slow down and he is already starting to show that now. Yeah. To me personally, I would try to get a deal done with him. But if not, then you go the route of. You know, you make sure that you can retain a Keller Witherspoon and you try to draft somebody a little bit higher in the draft. Maybe you go first round corner. Maybe you go second round with a corner. But I think that that would be my approach instead of franchise tagging Joe at this stage in his career. Whereas we're talking about Edmonds now. I like him a lot for the tag, but I just personally think that you can negotiate a multi-year deal with him that's going to be cheaper per year average from a cost perspective that he would still be happy with. Yeah, because we know with the franchise tag, it's a one year deal. So even though you're going to get a nice payday, it's only for one year. It's no job security. You get hurt. It doesn't matter next year. You don't have a good season. It doesn't matter next year. So it's a lot of more risk associated with the franchise tag. That's why guys like Le'Veon Bell didn't want to play on it. And guys historically have had issues with the tag. But if the tag for Edmonds is going to pay him, uh, I got to remember what I I don't even remember off the top of my head what it is for safeties, but I believe it's in like that. 10 to 12. I was going to say, I think low double digits. Yeah. It's like 10 to 12. To me, I think you could get an Edmonds on a longer term deal anywhere between five to eight. Personally. I think 10 is like maxed out high, high. And I think you would get 10 free agency if a a poor organization overpaid for him in a sense, but you're not going to tell me that Edmonds would bulk at, you know, seven a year, 80 year, 60. I don't, I don't, I think six would be a little low for him, but if he did six with a nice signing bonus, That's different. Yeah. But all of those things give you way more flexibility for the cap than the franchise tag. And granted, we don't have cap issues this season, but why waste cap space when you could, instead of uh, allocating, you know, 10 to 12 to him, you could give him eight. And now you got four to go get another nice player. Four million in free agency will get you a good player. Yes. Trust me on this. It will get you a good player. Yes. So those are some of the things that I think of in terms of just, the cost benefit analysis of how we would perform, how we would continue to make our roster as good as it can be, knowing that we might be limited in a sense at quarterback, because if this is an exercise where we are banking on Mason being the quarterback, well, my mindset initially or or, or automatically goes to, we need to beef up all our other areas around if we're not paying a quarterback 30, $40 million a year. I completely agree with you. I I think, I think that's well said. And that is, that's the, the downside of the franchise tag a lot of yeah. times is 
you are paying those guys premium money. Um, mm. you know, it, it, it can work for teams when, when you need to hold on to guys for one more year and try and maximize windows and things like that. But yeah. it is, I think, typically not the best way to do business in the yeah. bigger picture. But you know what I could see, though, in terms of now, granted, we're not talking about this, but I could see the transition tag in play for a guy like Edmonds. Yeah. Because yeah. with the transition tag, it gives you still a nice payday, but it also allows the team to have, you know, not as much on the hook. And that's the part that if you're the Steelers, you would want to, you know, give him an opportunity to show that, hey, maybe he wants to prove that, hey, he's worth 12. Maybe he feels like he can get up to 14, but he feels like hey, I need another season in this scheme. And with these new, you know, defensive hires, maybe I can get me an additional interception or two because we know interceptions are what get you paid. Sure. So if you're Edmonds, it would make sense in a sense as well that, hey, I'm not going to get the franchise tag, but I don't want to settle for seven a year and that be my pay for the next three or four years. I want to, you know, I want to get close to that double digit range. You take the transition tag very similar to what Jason Rose did. If you remember that, right. Mm -hmm. He had two, he had, he had, you know, that really good seasons back to back where he had like seven sacks, seven and a half sacks. And it was like, man, is he worth a franchise tag? Well, at the time, no, because he hadn't done it enough. and He hadn't really taken that leap into the double-digit sack vein. So you give him the transition tag, which still was a uh, a, a double, um, I think it doubled his salary, or maybe even tripled his salary yeah. from where he was yeah. drafted at. And you get this guy, but at the same time, he still has the ability to negotiate with other teams. So if a team wants to come in and pay him drastically, well, cool, but we're going to get some compensation out of that as well. And that's the part for me where I look at the transition tag and I say, that is something that I could potentially see being in play if Edmonds doesn't want to settle for a deal that's going to pay him, you know, what we think his market is versus sure. the double digit area of the franchise tag. Oh, I, I love these conversations. Man, it, it, I love it's the, the money talk, baby. Come on, man. It's money talking all season now. Major bag alert. Speaking of money talk, when we come back here on the other side for the final segment, uh, I want to talk a little restructure or release. Oh, man, you got all the spicy topics. You trying to get me in trouble tonight, man. Listen, it's the, it's the Friday show, all right? We only got to go out with you a You trying to get me in trouble. We're going to get done with this show, and people are going to start calling our phone. Hey, hey, he said we they should some, release this dude. There's some haters. He said we should tag this guy. <laughs> I've got three names for Arthur Motes. Should the Steelers restructure their contracts, or should they release them? We'll do that in the final segment of the show. I'll give you that quarterback name. That mm-hmm. I don't think we've discussed yet is a potential, um, you know, plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I've got to give you my Friday predicament as well too. Don't let Let's me forget. Let's do it. So we've I'm got. On, I know you won't listen. I know. I wrote it on my hand. It's on my hand. You, and, and, you and, hold me accountable. Listen, I wrote on my laminated paper with my pencil. Do not forget West conundrum for Friday. <laughs> Straight like that. So we will get to all of that to wrap up the show when we return on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. One more segment to go. Don't you dare go anywhere. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.